Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we are going to be learning Maseches Yuma Daf Ayin, starting the uh, the 70th plot of this Masechta, and we're in the midst of Perak Balo Kohen Gadol, moving throughout the Avoda of Yom HaKippurim. So right now we're about two thirds of the way down. The first word on the line in my Gemara is Ve'ahani, is Ve'ahani, and we're starting with the words Bema'arava Masnu Hachi. Yesterday on Shabbos we were learning a drasha. And there's another way to learn the drasha of those psukim. We were talking about the word gadol. How did we understand the word gadol that was used in the pasuk? So it says the Gemara, two-thirds of the way down on Samach Tesamid Beis, this is how they learn the words. Rav Gidol Amar Gadol Shegidol B'Shem HaMeforosh, that they, that they made, made HaKadosh Baruch Hu great by using the actual name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a name that we don't say. Rav Masna Amar, no, he says that this is a reference to the Anshei Knesset HaGadola, who incorporated into Davening HaKel HaGadol HaGibor V'Hanorah. And in fact, this latter opinion of Rav Masna about HaKel HaGadol HaGibor V'Hanorah, V'Hadu Rav Masna, Metaya L'Dereb Yoshua Ben Levi, very, very interesting language, Metaya, uh, seems to be a little bit strange. In fact, the Gra changes it to Misayeya, which uh, definitely fits more of our parlance, which is Misayeya L'Dereb Yoshua Ben Levi, Don't Rav Yoshua Ben Levi, how does Rav Masna's Shita, that we're talking about HaKel HaGadol HaGibor V'Hanorah, the Anshek Nesas HaGadola, how do we know that that makes sense? Because what did Rabbi Yeshua and Levi say? Lama nikra shimon Why is it that the people who were called the Anshek Nesas Hagdola were given such a title? So the Gemara answers because shehechziru atar liyoshna. They brought back the crown of old. What is this referring to? Well, for us to understand this, we have to see the following story in the Gemara. The Gemara says, Asa Moshe amar akel agadol agibor v'anora. That's already a pasuk in Chumash. The pasuk in Chumash says, akel agadol agibor v'anora. That pasuk can be found in Sefer Dvar. Asa Yermia, but in the times of Yermia, things were not so good. The Nanachrim, there were non-Jews who were making noise in the Heichal. And because of that, where was the Nora of HaKadosh Baruch who wasn't present because the Goyim had taken over the Beis HaMikdash. Therefore, in his language, when Yermia was talking, Lo Amar Nora. And then similarly, though with a different word, a different of the of the accolades that Moshe Rabbeinu had said, Asa Daniel Amar Nachrim Mishtabdin Bivanav. Here we have a problem that the Nachrim, that the non-Jews are subjugating the Jews. Ayeg Vurosav, where is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's greatness? So therefore, when Daniel was uh, talking in his Sefer, Lo Amar Gibor. So then the Anshek Nesis Agdola says, no, you got it wrong. That's not correct. Says the Gemara, Asa Inhu Ve'amru Adirav. We're about 12 lines from the bottom of Samach Testament base. The Anshek Nesis Agdola said, you got it all backwards. Zohi Gvurosa. We said that there was an, a lack of Gvura. Where was the Gvura of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? So Gvurosa Shekovish Yitzro is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not do as he instinctively wanted to do, which was to, to wipe out these enemies. Shenosin Ercha Paim L'Rashoyim. And what was the Nora? Without the awesomeness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, How could this nation ever have lived the way that we have lived over the course of time amongst other nations dispersed? In fact, there are those uh, who use this as a rationale for, uh, for the Jewish authenticity. Because one of the things they say is that there has never been a people who's been exiled and then come back to their original land. It doesn't ever happen, not in the history books. That's how some people talk. Okay, fine. So then the Gemara says, Verabanan, these great rabbis referencing Yirmiyahu and Daniel, who remove the words of both Gvura and Nora, respectively. 
How could they have removed this language? This was language in a Pasuk and Chumash from Moshe Rabbeinu. How could they have removed such language? So says the Gemara, They weren't questioning a Kaddish Baruch Hu. They were looking at this scenario and they said, in this scenario, there's no Gvura. In this scenario, there's no Nora. Says the Gemara, It wasn't considered to be a slight. Okay, two dots, about eight, seven lines from the bottom of the page. Our Mishnah had said, We had said that the Kohen Gadol, at this point, would read from the Sefer Torah, and he would read uh, from the Parsha of Achremos and the, from the Parsha that begins with Ach Be'asor. So it says the Gemara, that's a problem. We have a contradiction with another source in the Tanaim, or Minhi. We have a halacha, Medalgin Binavi. And we see this all the time when we lay in cloth in our base medrash and the two portions of the Haftorah are split by a number of psukim. The halacha is that the Valkore will read from the cloth, he'll read a little bit and then he'll stop and then he'll move to the next place. Medalgin, you're allowed to skip when it comes to Nevi'in. However, the Brysa writes, Ve'ain medalgin b'torah. Ah, so you wanted to say that the Kohen Gadol started in Achrimos and switched to Ach Be'asor. Those are not next to each other. And that should not be allowed because this Brysa says, Ve'ain medalgin b'torah. So answers the Gemara, lo kasha, it depends. When do we say medalgin b'torah? It depends when we say it. It depends how long of a break you took. Back in the day, it was customary that they'd have someone translating the psukim and chumash into the modern vernacular, whatever it was. And you were allowed to switch in the Torah as long as the break you took was short enough that by the time the Maturgaman finished talking, you were already at your second place. To, like, you know how when we lane on, on fast days, where Shivasa Ratamas is going to be coming up soon? So we lane, uh, and the laning is like a, a column apart in the middle of the three uh, aliyahs that we say in the morning when we lane. So that's mutter because the break is very short. So that just depends how long the break is. So it says the Gemara, five lines from the bottom. That's not correct. Because on that price, we have the following language. Medalgin. Uh, that you're not allowed to uh, skip, even, even if the break is a very short break, you're not allowed to skip in the Torah. The same exact distance, you have to make sure, but that only applies to Navi. It seems to be that this Brisa specifically excludes uh, a person who is reading Torah to be Medalik, to skip. So if that's true, we're back to where we started. How could the Kohen Gadol read from Achremos and then subsequently from Achbeas, which are located in different parts of the Torah? Hare, this brisa doesn't allow for it at all. There's, you're not allowed to have any break whatsoever. You cannot skip at all when you're landing from the Chumash. So Amar Abaye, three lines from the bottom, Lokash, Kan Yanechad, Kan It depends. Depends what we're talking about. When it's in Yanechad, when it's all talking about the same thing. So then you're allowed to roll the safer. That's not considered inappropriate, and you can be middalik. However, when it comes to the Torah, you're not allowed to be medalik This vihatanya, as Rashi says, the last Rashi on the page is benichusa. We should be very appreciative for Rashi when he says this, because when I first learned this, I'm like, oh, vihatanya, hold on one second, this can't be right. But then the proof perfectly matched what I was reading before, so it couldn't be Akasha, because I didn't look at Rashi. So that's a muster on me. Rashi says benichusa, that we have a very clear indicator that this is a continuation of the scene, the theme. And this Brysa is very clear. Two lines from the bottom, Samach Tesamad Bez Vatanya, the Brysa writes, Medalgin Betorah Be'inyan Echa. This is merging everything together that we've learned in the last few lines. 
Yes, one can skip from one section in the Torah to another as long as it's been in the dogma by us. It's all about Yom Kippur. And when someone is reading out of a cloth for Navi, the halacha is bishnein yonim. You can even move from one Indian to another Indian, no problem. But it has to be a very short break so that had there been a translator, that by the time that you find your new location, the translator wasn't done talking yet. However, you can't go from Yeshayahu to Yermiyahu, the dogma. That's not allowed. You can't switch books of Navi. That's not appropriate. But when it comes to the Navi that we refer to as Shneemasar, there, <coughs> we allow a person to be medalic, top of ayin amadalif. Ubilvad shelo yedalik mi sofa sefer letchilaso. However, you shouldn't go from the end of the book to the beginning. What does that mean? End of the book to the beginning? Look at the masterful one word Rashi, limafreya. It doesn't mean from the last pasuk to the first. It doesn't mean uh, from the last third to the first third. It means anything that's out of order. You're allowed to skip only moving forward in the Sefer, but not moving backwards. Without Rashi, it would have been very hard to understand this Gemara and Kedarko and, Bakodesh uh, that Rashi in one word is able to explain this idea so succinctly. Second line of Ayin Amad Aleph says the Gemara of a Golo Sefer Torah. We said he wraps up the Torah of Torah. And why is it that he had to say that line that I know that we finished reading here, but I'm going to do a little bit of reading, Balpet, don't worry. It was actually written in the Torah. Why did, why did the Kohen Gadol have to say that because we didn't want people to think that there was something missing in the Torah and make a laws about the Sefer Torah. And then people will say later, no, that's the Kohen Gadol's Torah and it was missing something because he didn't read it inside. Incorrect. Well, he wasn't missing anything. And in order to, uh, in order to work around the concern of what people might have thought, so therefore he said out loud that, uh, don't worry, it's, in the, it's still written in the Torah. Third line, Uve Asor. Um, yeah. And, and for the Psukim and Chumashapakudim and Bamidbar that he would read by heart, Amai, why was he reading by heart? Niglol Vinikre, roll the Torah to a new place and read. So says the Gemara, Amar of Huna Bered, Rabbi Yoshua, Amar of Sheshes, the Amoraim had this very early on in the Amoraim, Lefisha and Golulin, say for Torah Betzibor, Mimnei Kovar Tzibor. It's not nice. It's not nice for the tzibur. It's a tircha de tzibur, as we call it in our parlance. It's not nice to be, to be rolling the sefer Torah while the whole room is sitting there quiet. They can't talk. They're not nothing. They're just trapped. And because someone, because the gabai forgot to roll this, that's not right. The gabai of the shalaz nachrais to make sure that the, the sefer Torah are where they're supposed to be. One, two, and three. However many sefer Torah, they have to all be in the right place. Masudar organized. Okay, I understand you can't be megalel. You shouldn't be rolling it. It's tircha de tzibur. But go get another sefer Torah. What, they only had one Sefer Torah in the Beis HaMikdash? That's impossible. Of course, they had more. So says the Gemara, why did they not just go get a second Sefer Torah? Yehuda, Omar, Rishon. He was afraid of a, of a secondary concern that people would say that there's something wrong with the first one if you want to go get a second one. It's an interesting line to say, considering we just said you're not allowed to roll. Everyone should know the reason why you're getting a second Sefer Torah. So maybe it's because they didn't come out together from the Aaron. Okay, that's a different ways to understand the Gemara. And then says the Gemara, our second Shita, Rish Lakish Amar, no. The reason why you shouldn't get out a second Sefer Torah is Mishum Bracha She'ena Tzricha, because uh, uh, there will be a, a Bracha that's going to be made on this Sefer Torah that maybe we didn't need to ma make it all. Okay, fine. And then says the Gemara against both of these Shitas, Michai Shina Lepegama, why you're so concerned about people looking back at the first Sefer Torah? There's nothing wrong with this at all. When Rosh Chodesh Tebes, which always falls out on Chanukah, right? Because Chanukah is at the end of Kislev. So this Rosh Chodesh Tebes, that's Shabbos, three Sefer Torah. So says the Gemara, Shalosh Toros, Echad Yom, Rosh Chodesh, Shel Chanukah. 
You just tried to tell me that maybe the reason why the coin guttle didn't take out an extra safer Torah was because it's a pigam. Well, what do you mean it's a pigam? We do it every single Rosh Chodesh. Every single, uh, we do a Rosh Chodesh on Shabbos. We have two Sifrei Torah. And on Shabbos Hanukkah, that's the, that's the best example where we have three Sifrei Torah. So it says the Gemara about a quarter of the way down, five, six lines before the wide lines. Tlasa gavre, but tlasa sifre like a pigama. When there are three different people, each of them making their own bracha in each of the various sifre Torah, that's not a pigam. But in this case, where the Kohen Gadol was going to be the only person reading from the Sefer Torah, to go get another Sefer Torah, he's the only one making a bracha, chad gavra betray sifre ika pegama. When one person is the only one being mevarach over two Sefer Torah, so when does this come up? It comes up when there really is a pegam in the first Sefer Torah. So let's say that there's a balkore. You always know that everything's a problem when the, when the, when the balkore leans over really close during leaning. The Horeb is like, oh no. Is this going to happen now? Fine. When I was in yeshiva, when I was in smicha, we had this as well. They had, you know, the halacha is that when a when a a resh, you can't tell the difference between a resh and a dalid or between a vav and a nun sofis. So they, uh, some of the poskim say that you bring a child to look because a child is totally He doesn't have any ulterior motivators. Hi, sweetheart. What letter is this? So we did this in yeshiva once. This kid got up on a stool, looks in the sefer Torah. And he paskin the Shaila and he paskin the Kula. He said it was the right letter, the letter that was supposed to be there. But now it needed to be fixed to make sure that these Shailas wouldn't repeat themselves. But that's the only time that we ever switched Sifrei Torah, but it's not appropriate. So therefore, because it wasn't appropriate to roll because of Tircha de Tzibura, and because he was the only one getting the Aliyah, so therefore it wasn't appropriate for him to do anything else other than to say it by heart, which is exactly what he did. One third of the way down on Ayin Amud Aleph, let's continue. We said in our Mishnah that he makes a whole host of brachos, the same brachos that we'd make by laning, the bracha of the bracha of modem, all of these things are listed in the Siddur. Some of the Mephorshim said the Mechila Sa'avon is talking about a bracha of kapara that we say in the Machzor and Yom Kippur. What's Shar Tfila? What does that even mean? On the rest of Davening? What does that mean? So it says the Gemara, I'll tell you what it means. First long line, Tana Rabbanon. The rabbis have taught us. Ushara Tfila. What kind of Tfila was that? Quote, Rina Trina Bakasha. These various languages of Tfila. So it says the Gemara, that's the Sefer Shari Tfila. Um, Sefer Shari Tfila. He writes what all of these different Lashonas are. It's a, uh, no. Rabbi Pincus. So in his Sefer, I think it's called Shari Tfila. I think that's what it's called. I can't remember right now. But anyways, there he goes through what is Rina, what is Trina. He goes through all the different ones. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful Savior. So that uh, he says they're all the different languages. What's the Tefillah? Rina, Trina, Bakasha, Milefanecha, Al Amcha, Yisrael, Shetzrichen, Lihivashe'ah. They need to be saved. V'chosem, what was the closing of that bracha? He would say, V'shomea Tefillah, Baruchat Hashem, Shomea Tefillah. After that took place, maybe say for Torah, maybe so everyone would bring a say for Torah if they had one. The Korei Bokadei Leharos Chazuso LeRabim to show that they were fulfilling this beautiful mitzvah. Halfway down, Haroa Kohen Gadol Vechule Lo Mipnei Sheino Rosh. Remember what we said that while they were burning the Seir and the Par, they were not able to be there and where they were laning at the same time. So it says the Gemara Pshita. That should be pretty obvious. It says the Gemara, no, you missed the point. You might have thought that maybe there was a different concern about Reish Lakish. What was Reish, the concern of Reish Lakish? 
He said, You're not allowed to pass up on a mitzvah. So you might have thought it's usher to leave one to go to the other. What mitzvah? Says the Gemara, my mitzvah, a very halachic consideration. This is one of the reasons why Rabbanim of Shul's don't like breakaway minyanim. It's not only because it detracts from the quality of what's going on, but you're you're in violation of a mitzvah. It's not an iser, but it's uh, you're you're losing out on the opportunity of berovam hadras melech. So when there isn't a need, okay, so that's different. So sometimes it happened to be the case. I know, remember once a few weeks ago, I think Rabbi Robinson had to go somewhere, he had to go to a simcha and another show. The only way he was going to make musaf was with a breakaway. Sure, then it's not a breakaway when the rub of the shul says, I need help making a minion. But otherwise, a person should try to daven in a shul. You know, it's okay, COVID, fine, totally understood. Otherwise, we should try to be davening in shul because it's a fulfillment of the principle of Barab Amhajrasmelech. So Habamina says the Gemara that maybe you're not allowed to go back and forth from the place where you're hearing the Kriya Torah to the place where they're burning the seer and the power. Kamash Malon, that that's not the concern under these circumstances. That brings us to the next Mishnah. And the next Mishnah continues right where we left off. We had said that if the Kohen Gadol wants to read in his big day vuts in the linen, the white linen uh, garments, he's allowed. Or if he wanted to wear his own clothing, he could. But says the Mishnah halfway down, in the big day vuts kore, if in fact he was reading in the linen clothing, then well, here's what he should do. He should uh, wash his hands and feet. And then Pasha change his clothes. He should go down to the mikvah, go under the water. He should come out of the water and dry off. And they should bring him the gold clothing. And then he would go get fully dressed in the golden garments and he would do another And then more korbanos. This is the uh, his own ayal and the uh, ayal of the Jewish people. And as well, and also the seven animals that were less than a year old, Divi Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Kiba Omer, Im Tamid Shal Shachar, how you craven? These were these seven were shechted with the Tamid Shal Shachar. These next two words are subject to discussion in the Gemara. Where are they connected to? Upar Haola. Are they connected to the previous sense of Shalshachar Hayukraven Ukraven Upar Haola that it was shechted in the morning time? Or do we say Upar Haola Usiir Hanase Bachut Hayukraven We don't know. The Gemara is going to deal with that in a minute, but the, that's how it reads. A little difficult to understand within the framework of the Mishnah. And then at that point, after he did all of that, then Kide Shad of he would again sanctify his hands and feet, Upashat, he'd remove his clothing, and then he'd go into the mikvah, he would go under the water, he'd come out, he'd dry off, he would then he would give him again the white vestment, he'd give him the white, uh, the white linen clothing, he'd get dressed again, and then again, remember he did, he did, did 10 of these throughout the day, so this is, I don't know what number we're up to, but uh, quite a few so far. And then, then he went back in, to go get the kalim from the ktores. He went to go get the kaf and the machta. He went to get the machta that held the coals and the kaf had held the ktores and he left them there. They were boiling hot. You couldn't take them out. They were boiling hot coals and they're by now. They've cooled down already. So he went back in to go get them. And then after that, he went down and he sanctified his hands and went to the mikvah again. Then they put on his gold clothing and then he would wash his hands and feet again. Then we're in the afternoon. Then he would bring the ktores in the afternoon and then as well, he would clean out the candles in the in the, uh, the in the menorah in the atzmo After that point, at that point, he had finished all of his work. They gave him his own clothes. beso. Then they would walk him home. Ah, oh, a He finished all the hard work today. Says the Mishnah. And then This is fascinating. They made a, a suda for him. 
Daniel Kipper. <laughs> no, it wasn't Daniel Kipper, but uh, but they did plan a they did plan a, a Tzeschem Shalom party, not like a goodbye party, but like that you you exited the Mikdash B'Shalom after everything that went and you did it right. Beautiful. That brings us to the Gemara, which is going to highlight uh, this one line that's very hard to understand. I don't understand, says the Gemara. There's two ways to understand what happened with the par. Ha'ola. Remember, we had this is the second par we're dealing with. The first par was the par of the coin gadol that he paid for with his own money. This one was from the tzibur. So what about this par? So it says the Gemara, was it im tamit shal shachar hayu kraven, kama, that the seven animals were were karev in the morning. And then separately, upar ha'ola v'sir hanase b'chutz im tamit shal ben harbaim. Do we say that the par ha'ola goes with the latter category? And that animal was in fact taken care of by the tamit shal ben harbaim. Odil more perhaps, do we say hachikamar? Maybe it's a little different. Im tamit shal shachar hayu kraven upar ha'ola behadaihu. And really the par ha'ola goes in the morning service. V'sir hanase b'chutz. And then we continue the Mishnah as we had uh, as we had the Mishnah above, that the se'ir, the korban musa, im tamit was done in the afternoon. So that's question number one. We don't know where the parhaola was karev. Was it done with the morning or was it done with the afternoon ones? Unclear from the Gemara. And then Vesu, and furthermore, we have another question. Parhaola, the, the whole korban itself was only referenced by one of the Tanoim. The Rabbi Eliezer, the Shire, he left it out of our Mishnah, Amos He doesn't talk about it at all. So when would he then bring this parhaola? That's question number two. Vesu, and furthermore, seven lines from the bottom. Ayin Omer Aleph. Vesu, and furthermore, Bein Rabbi Eliezer, Bein Rabbi Akiva. According to both of them, there's another glaring omission, which is as follows: Emurechatos, Emas Avidhu. What about the leftover components of the korbanos? When were they going to be burnt? No reference in the mission at all. These questions are not understood at all. So five lines from the bottom. maskanta. None of this is going to be fixed over here. Our Mishnahs don't talk about it. However, Ella, Ola Rabbi Eliezer, the Tana Debe Shmuel. Either we can look at a source in the Tanaim and Tana Debe Shmuel, or Rabbi Akiva, Kiddetosefta. There are two Mari Makomos that do answer these questions, but you should not anticipate to see these in Mishnahs here in Masechus Yuma because they're not in the Mishnahs in Masechus Yuma. And therefore, what are each of these Mari Makomos? So the Gemara says, four lines from the bottom, the Tana Debe Shmuel, that first Mari Makom says as follows Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Yotzava Asailo, Ve'el Ha'am, we see here that he includes the Emurechatos already in the beginning. So we didn't know how Rabbi Eliezer held. Now we know with clarity, Emurechatos are in the morning. And the Parhaola uh, was in the afternoon with the Shivas Kvasim. Rabbi Akiva de Tosefta Mahi. What was, uh, what was the Mari Mokom that spoke about Rabbi Akiva in the Tosefta? So there the Gemara says as follows. We are just at the bottom of the page. Titania, Rabbi Akiva Omer, Par Ha'ola V'Shivas Kvasim Im Tamishal Shachar Hayukreven. Could you imagine what a, what a wild machlokas this is? We're talking about when eight animals were shechted in the Beis HaMikdash. An Yom Kippur. And we don't know. That is remarkable. It's, it's terribly sad that we don't have a clear trajectory of what actually took place. It's amazing. It's very sad how that can be. But that's what the Gemara says, is that according to Rabbi Eliezer, they were done in the afternoon. According to Rabbi Akiva, they were done in the morning. What is the source for Rabbi Akiva within the Brisa? Then he would do all of the sprinklings, turning to the top of Daf. Then you do the Korban Mosaf. 
Shenemar, Seir Izi Mechal Chatas Milavad Chatas Achivurim. Veachar Kach after that, Ayalova El Ha'am. Veachar Kach Emure Chatas. Veachar Kach Tamin Shal Bein Harbaim. So according to Rabbi Akiva, the way he learns this flow is that all of this was done prior to the afternoon. Very good. My time with Rabbi Eliezer. What was the reason why Rabbi Eliezer put these korbanos in the afternoon? So says the Gemara, Avi Kidichsib. He followed the flow of the Torah. Avi Beresha, the Torah's Kohanim. The Torah's Kohanim, when you see this in the Gemara, to reference to Sefer Vayikra, Torah's Kohanim is the book of the Kohanim that refers to all the halachos of the Kohanim. So first he looked at the Psukim in Sefer Vayikra and he executed accordingly. Vahadar, and afterwards, and then he would follow the halachos that were indicated in Sefer Bamidbar. So Rabbi Eliezer was looking in Chumash. And the Chumash seemed to indicate a flow. This gets into the sugi of Ein Muktam Amuchar B'Torah. Okay, the, who, who says that they were written in such a way that you can determine the sequence? Fine, but it's not for here. The Gemara doesn't go into this. I'm just raising that it, it begs the question a little bit. That if he's saying that he's going in order, Sefer Vayikra said one, two, and three. And Sefer Bamidbar said four, five, and six. Many, many times hold Ein Muktam Amuchar B'Torah. So you're one, two, three, four, five, six. Could have been four, five, six, one, two, three. We have no idea. So that's not raised here, but it's a Stama discussion to have. Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, what do you do about this? What do you do about this idea? So it says the Gemara, He says, I understand what you're saying. The Vayikra comes before by Midbar. What I don't understand is how you don't read this Pasuk the way that I read it, because this Pasuk indicates that the Korban Musaf should be with the morning. Rabbi Eliezer, what do you do about that? He says, no. What does he do with the Pasuk? For which Rabbi Akiva indicated Dafka that the Korban Musaf should be in the morning. He says, no, that Pasuk teaches us that the Korban that's done inside the Kodesh and the one that's done outside the Kodesh both can generate Kapara. So we took a bit of a pause here to do the Maitaima as uh, the last five lines or so. We're going to go back into the Tosefta. Let's go back, Rabbi Huda Omer, Mishmo. He says in the name, it doesn't say who, but the Meforshim explained, he says in the name of Rabbi Akiva. What did Rabbi Akiva say? Rabbi Akiva had was of the opinion that with the Korban Tamid in the morning, he also did the Korban Musaf, and he also did the seven animals. So says the Gemara, within the seven animals, there's a machlokas. Uh, he says, Rabbi Huda says in the name of Rabbi Akiva, Mishmo, Echad Karev im Tamid Shal Shachar. One of the seven young animals was karev when in the morning with the tamid shel shachar. Shisha im tamid shel And six of them were shechted in the afternoon. Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon Omer Mishmo, he argues against Rabbi Huda as it relates to Rabbi Akiva. And he says, no, Shisha karev im tamid shel shachar. Six of them were shechted in the morning. The echad im tamid shel So that's the machlokas. Of the seven, was it one in the morning, six in the afternoon, or six in the morning and one in the afternoon? The total number is the same, but the breakup is a little bit different. Is it one and six or six and one? It says the Gemara, my time, according to both of them, we need to figure something out here, out going out over here. Why is it that it's spread out over both? Why don't we just leave it all seven in the morning or all seven of the young animals in the afternoons? So it says the Gemara halfway down because we couldn't. Trey Kraik Sive, we have two psukim. Based on the psukim, we didn't have a choice. The first pasuk was talking about the morning. The second pasuk was talking about the afternoon. And each of them referencing the seven animals. Therefore, some of the animals have to be shechted by morning and some of them have to be shechted by afternoon. Our hands are stuck. Fine. So then, but then what are you arguing about, about one and six and six and one? These seven animals that were less than one year old had to be cut. Okay, you had to split them up over the morning and the afternoon because the psukim say as much. Fine, I understand. But what are you arguing about when you say that of the seven young animals, one has to be carved in the shachar and one has to be carved in the ben arbaim? Why? What are you arguing about? The other shita says the reverse. But my kamiflagate. 
So says the Gemara. Rabbi Huda Savar, the reason why your Ovid Chad is because Kidichsi, the Pasuk writes, Milvado Lasaboker, the Hadar, Ovid Avodas Hayom, Dilma Chul Shachalish Kohen Gadol. His concern was that if you give him such a massive number of Korbanos first thing in the morning, he could have some Chalisha Sadas. It's too much. You guys, you're giving me too much work to do. It's, it's too much. So this Shita was concerned about the Chalisha. It almost sounds like a psychological Gemara. You're so concerned about the Kohen's uh, well being. He doesn't know what he signed up for. He knows exactly. He's got to sit and learn. He's got to learn how to make the Torahs, whatever. He's a busy guy. He knows exactly what's happening. But they said, based on Psukim, it doesn't have to be that all seven are in the morning. They're not allowed to be that way. But he says the one should be in the morning and the seven in the afternoon because of Chalisha Sakoin. Then the Gemara says, two thirds of the way down, Rabbi Lazar Shimon, who said that six were in the morning and one was in the afternoon, Savar, Kevan de Aschil, once he already starts with Korbanos then Avid Shisha, then he does most of what he should do of the seven young animals. However, Dilma Pasha, we're afraid that maybe he'd be concerned a little bit later, but really we're not so concerned. is not so concerned about that, but that explains his Shita. However, if we were to look back in our Mishnah, we would agree that there was the Isle of the Kohen Gadol and there was also the Isle of the Jewish people, but there was only one of each of those ayals, or not two of them. Where did this come from? Keman Kirebi. Titani Rebi Omar Ayal Echada Amor Khan, who Amr Bukhom Shabakudim. In Vayikra and in Bamidbar when it speaks about the ayal for the Jewish people. So that is only one animal. Really, there were not one. There were two. So because the, here we say there are two, it must therefore be that our Mishnah is Rebbe, because Rebbe said that there's only one, and our Mishnah is only discussing one animal for the Jewish people. It seems that there were two, two references. So says the Gemara, my time in the Rebbe. If, if, if you have a, a Pasuk in Vayikra, and if you have a Pasuk in Bamidbar that indicate that there's more than one animal, so why are you saying that there's only one animal? Who says that the Ayal that's referenced in Vayikra is, is the same Ayal as the one that's referenced in Bamidbar? You got you to bring a Mara Mako. So says the Gemara, how does Rebbe answer? Dechsiv, <laughs> echad. What are you guys getting all? There's no rocket science here. The Pasuk says echad. There's only one animal. Very simple. I have Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon, my echad. If this is, well, seems so obvious, Rabbi brings a beautiful Mara Mako. You asked him, why did you say there's only one Ayal if the Pasuk in Baikran and Bamibar speaks about Ayal? Because the Pasuk says echad, there's only one of these animals. So if that's true, then what does Rabbi Elazar, Rabbi Shimon do with the word echad? It says the Gemara, it doesn't mean that there's only one. It means that the ones, because he says there are two, the ones that you have, they have to be miyuchat shabedro, they have to be beautiful ones from the flock, the choicest of them. I have a Rebbe, what do you say with that response? Where do you learn out that they have to be miyuchat bedro? He says, I learned that out from somewhere else. Nafkalim, mimivchar nidrecha. I learned that out from another place. So I'm able to figure out that it should be both. Uh, the halacha is that there's only one ayal, and it has to be miyuchat bedro. And I can still hold up my shita without any challenge. Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Shimon, what do you do with the fact that we also have the reference of mimivchar nidrecha? Says the Gemara, chad bechova v'chad benedava, that this applies both. When you have a chova, like our case of Yom Kippur, where you have to make sure that the animal is the choicest of the choice. And at the same time, we also have to make sure that when there's an adava, that the animal as well is a choice animal. So each sheet is able to stand their ground. So it's inconclusive from our Gemara as to whether or not there was an, one ayal or if there was two. Our Mishnah clearly goes like Rebbe, that there was only one. We'll stop right here, three lines from the bottom on Ayin Amid Beis. Tomorrow night, Amir Tashem will learn Ayin Aleph. And we are looking, looking forward to seeing you then. Wishing you all a beautiful night.